Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And helping us to expand our life today is Robert Kandel. Robert is an author, just recently launched a book called Unhidden. It's a book for men and the people who are confused by them. Hmm. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. Robert is a consultant. He's a speaker. He's a trainer. And he's done some pretty cool things to get us understanding each other a little better and and showing up more authentically in our relationships. I'm thrilled to have you with me, Robert. Thanks for joining us. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I'm curious first about this book. Yes. Unhidden. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the premise of that book and just where you're coming from on that. I live from the viewpoint that withholding is lying. And we live in a society that teaches us that very exact thing, uh, to live hidden, to withhold the best parts of ourselves, to tell white lies, to, to worry about the other person's ego, to not ruffle feathers, to not rock the boat. And my thesis is that the very act of hiding, of not showing all of who you are or a significant part of who you are is the cancer in our society because what happens when we hide is we, wear, we build masks and wear facades, which are optimized by social media. You know, we put our best face for on social media, which is yeah. creating more disconnection. And then from this hiding, we don't actually uh, reveal ourselves. We don't have true intimacy and we don't have the love and sex lives that we truly crave. There, there's a real tie-in here to our technological age. We live in the information age. True. You've got everything available right there in the palm of your hand, True. in that smartphone. And as you were introducing this topic, Robert, I was thinking about recent times when I've been out in public, maybe mm-hmm. at a restaurant or at a store or something like that, and I see actual human beings yes. walking around or maybe sitting at a table and they're glued to this device. Yes totally absorbed in it, almost to the, to the complete exclusion of the other actual human beings who are around them. Well, the funniest part is to see four people at a table having a meal, all mm-hmm. looking at their phones, you know, passing the phones back and forth, looking at things, other people's communications. But we really, in the short time that phones have been in our existence, smartphones, that is, mm-hmm. which is pretty much 11 years, uh, the iPhone first version came out in the summer of 2007. Since then, we've had this exponential change in terms of our relationship to ourselves, but we were predominantly relating to our phones and through our phones, like roommates are texting each other while they're in the same apartment. Um, we're emailing each other. It's, it's a huge change that's happened in, in a single decade. And that is creating some challenges with our relationships. Significant negative impact. And I just want to out myself as I am as guilty as everyone else. Like I don't want to sit here from some, you know, stage mm. saying that I'm not. I have the same relations 
uh, to my phone. I've just got level of consciousness. Um, Simon Sinek, I don't know if you know him. He was yeah. the starts with why he's uh, on a rampage. He's on a crusade to educate people about the negative impact on phones. He thinks it leads to higher forms of suicide. There's, there's a significant detrimental effect. And in my own personal practice, I do see people are no longer able to feel um, the discomfort of not having something to do. So they fish into their pocketbook or they fish into their pocket and grab a phone rather than dealing with you know the world that's outside. So it really is a significant mm. change in our relating. And this is part of the hiding that you're referring to. Yes. I mean, hiding has been going on forever. I'm not saying it's phones. I'm just saying mm -hmm. it's been amplified in the last 10 years as we've had deeper, more intimate relationships with our screens. And more importantly, we're, we're showing kids. Like I have an 8 and 10-year-old, and they are obsessed with their screens. And they go to a Waldorf-inspired school. So they're not allowed to use screens during the week, but during those weekends, it's like prying. It's like for an NRA nut, like prying their gun from their dead hands. Like it's amazing yeah. how addicted they are and how I can see the impact on their moods. And so I think it's a significant issue in today's society. That becomes a very convenient way to hide or retreat from actual interaction or yes. dealing with the world as it presents itself to us. Right, and all the challenges the world it has for us. So yes, I think it's a significant impact. And obviously there's some, some real upsides to having that oh, technology yeah. available to us. But what we're talking about here is how it could impact our relationships and having a higher level of consciousness about that may put us in a position where we can actually do something productive. Yes. I, I know you have built systems and businesses around helping people with this particular issue. Mm -hmm. Where do we start? Well, my viewpoint, I have a framework of how to confront this and other issues. Mm -hmm. And the first step of this framework is the process of confronting. And what I mean by okay. confronting is just, you know, lifting your eyes up and seeing, lowering the blinders, taking off the sunglasses, really seeing what's happening. If you're in a family dynamic where you feel disconnected from your partner and you think, oh, this is just the way it is, confronting means like, no, this is not the way it should be. It's just accepting and seeing what is rather than the way we minimize and the way we uh, rationalize. So the first step of the framework is just saying, whoa, there's something up with our sex life. There's something up with our communication. I can feel there's some anger residing between us. I want to confront it. Confronting just means see it. And then you can move on to the next step. But that's the first step of every uh, journey, in my opinion. That takes a little bit of courage. A lot of courage, especially if you're habituated in long-term relationships. You've been married to the same person for 10 or 15 years. Uh, you've been in the same family dynamic with your father or mother your, your entire life. It's, it does take an incredible amount of courage, agency, and um, really you have to get motivated to do it. It's like you have to get off the inertia of what is to say – I really desire something more. And that's, I use that voice on purpose. It's like, instead of like, I want something more, it's more like, I desire something more. And then from that, you can invite someone from their hidden place, from that disconnected place, into a deeper relationship. They may be resistant to coming out of their hiding too. True. 
True, because we do co-create hidden situations. We do foster a decrease in intimacy and communication. So it's often a co-created experience. So you're absolutely right. Right. It's a dynamic. It's, it's, it takes contributions from both parties that yes. are involved in the relationship. Definitely. You know, I was thinking just this week, Robert, that is, it, it is most likely that we will continue to do whatever we've been doing. Yes. We get into this comfort zone and it's not necessarily adaptive. In fact, you're pointing out that many of the habits we've developed, especially in this information age, have taken us farther into hiding yes, or given us a convenient way to go there. So uh, it's going to shake us up a little bit to get out of that. Right. My, my saying that I tell my clients is when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, you'll change. So, so it's only when, Oh God, I'm looking in the mirror for the thousandth time saying I want to lose this 20 pounds. Or you show up at the office, you know, your third year on the job and you hate going to work. It's when the pain of looking for a new job or cutting out carbs or going to the gym, when the pain of change is uh, less than the pain of staying the same. That's the only time humans are really, uh, we're lazy. We're, we're, we like our, our habits and how things go. And so it does take a lot of energy to up level and get to the next level. I sometimes artificially manipulate the pain of my clients. You do? I had yeah. one, for example, he he'd promised himself, I'm going to start exercising. Mm-hmm. Right. And how long had he done that? And 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 yet the pain of making that change just seemed too big. It's just too hard, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, I, I artificially manipulated his pain by having him write me a $1,000 check. Nice, nice. Against his promise right. to exercise. And my agreement was, I'll just hold it for you. Right. And I'll trust you. You come back and report on your commitment. And if you've kept your commitment, I'll return the check. And if you I, haven't, I promise I'll cash it. There you go. And I, I heard, use it uh, at my discretion, not toward your account. I heard uh, uh, the similar thing. And uh, he had to write a, like five $1,000 checks to the Republican Party. Or five <laughs> $1,000 checks party. to the true? Ku Klux Klan. Like you can up that level. It's a great, it's a great technique. I love it. <laughs> well, that, and you're absolutely right. From everything that I know about psychology, Robert, there is a pleasure and pain dynamic that goes on inside of us. And, and we like pleasure, but we're motivated by pain. Mm -hmm. Inspiration or desperation. It gets us moving faster than pleasure will. Indeed. Well, pleasure is hard to accept. Pleasure is hard to receive. We're very used to receiving pain. So I totally agree with you. You know, I was kind of picking this up about your own journey as I was previewing your book Mm. that you've, You've been through some pain. Yes. And there comes yeah. a time when it's like right in your face and it, you can't ignore it anymore. Right. And that moves you off of dead center. Right. Well, I, I love uh, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. I don't know if you uh, know much about this. A Hero with a Thousand Faces. Uh, he's an author, a historian, uh, wrote uh, in the uh, 40s and 50s. And he talks about the monomyth. The monomyth being every great myth or every great story seems to follow the same path. Um, And often what happens is someone's in their status quo and then something happens, an experience happens that shakes them up 
that invites them is called the call for adventure. So my call for my adventure was a horrible moment on March 20th, 1999, when I made a total fool of myself in front of a group of people. Uh Oh, yeah. And that was my motivating moment. It was just a single moment in time where my reality of who I was and how I was presenting to the world, the, my shadow side, things I weren't seeing, was presented to me in such a painful moment that option number one was to go back into my non-confronting, into the status quo. Option number two was to say, I want to change. And that's fueled me, you know, the 20 years since. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how our life hands us experiences That moves us to whatever we have coming up next. Uh, Fascinating conversation. This is Robert Kandel today here at Live On Purpose Radio. As we come back from this break, Robert, let's get into some of the principles you've discovered that will help people to maybe come out of hiding. Does that sound good? Absolutely. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com And we're back. Robert Candell at Live On Purpose Radio. Robert, you have courageously taken on something that we all try to avoid mm-hmm. and that's coming out of the hiding but it it has such a payoff mm-hmm. in the increase of authenticity and intimacy that we can experience in our relationships tell us a little bit give us a few nuggets about what you've learned maybe some of the the practical steps that we can take uh, you shared one with us in the first half about confronting this thing. Mm-hmm. Just open your eyes and see it. Mm-hmm. What else would you advise? Well, like we mentioned, um, hiding is a co-created experience because we're taught to show, especially in the beginning, in the courting stage, we're taught to show a very small part of ourselves. And then once we're hooked on each other or once we're engaged, usually after 90 days, we tend to open up a little bit more and then test. And then what happens over years, we tend to show a little bit more, a little bit more. But, you know, unless we're risking the chance of betrayal at that point, we spend an inordinate amount of energy hiding parts of ourselves. Yeah. Usually around concepts of sexuality and desire. And desire not meaning just sexual desire. I'm talking about like life dreams or life goals or things you want or or places you want to go. And my experience is two things. One is those parts of yourselves are usually some of the most interesting uh, aspects of you. And it's such a crime. It is such a, it's such a, for me, it's annoying. It's like nails on the chalkboard when I see people do this, like, oh my God, that is so fascinating. Why are you hiding that? Well, they're hiding it because their fear of rejection, abandonment, 
and you know, basically dying alone. That's the main fears that people face. It's very shame-driven, isn't it? Oh, we live in a society that imbues intense amount of shame on mm. people. The second thing is, is that if you're willing to speak your truth, if you're willing to expose this parts of yourself, one or two things tends to happen. Option number one is the person leaves. And I just want to flat out say that. Like, it, it is a risky endeavor to reveal parts of yourself. But for that is me, a real risk then. It's a real risk. And I don't want to sugarcoat this. Like, you might reveal some part of yourself. It could be something about your desire, like I said, your sexuality, that could cause that person to disconnect or leave. My viewpoint is, if you can't fully be yourself, do you truly want to be with that person anyway? Mm. The second thing that happens that happened to me personally was that once I revealed one part of myself, my partner, my first wife, Carol, at the time revealed a part of herself. And then I got a chance to reveal another part of myself. And it was like truth begetted more truth. Honesty created more honesty. And all of a sudden, this person I'd been with for years, three or four years at that point, I was like, oh my God, we got this chance. And this dynamic world opened up from one truth. So if you can open up that part of yourself, this limitation, this mediocrity that most of us live in our relationships can just skyrocket. And there's so much possibility, but it does take one person speaking the truth and the other person respecting and honoring that truth. And then from that, you can actually get to know who you're being intimate with. It actually gives permission yes. perhaps for the other person to also be vulnerable and authentic right and to offer that part of themselves yeah as much as you're hiding i pretty much guarantee your partner has the same level of hiding now i'm not saying about the same thing but we tend to be in these places where if there's not openness and honesty if there's not rewarding of the truth like when my my second wife morgan who i have the most dynamic powerful uh, connected relationship of my entire life. She tells me things I don't like. I don't want to hear it. I They trigger me. There's feelings. There's experiences. But the first thing I always say is, thank you. Thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for trusting me with your truth. Thank you for being so intimate. I'm I'm so grateful for it. And this is the triggers that are occurring from that truth. And I want to work them through you. And so it becomes what I call a collaborative communication, a collaborative connection, rather than what we tend to do is we tend to throw antagonisms and jabs and pain back and forth. But so when she tells me things, the first response is gratitude that she, you know, loves me enough and respects me enough to open up that can of worms so we can be with it together. That is an interesting take. Yes. Because our, our, our gut response to being triggered is some kind of a counter response. Right. You know, uh, or defensiveness. Right. And you're saying maybe the gratitude is going to get us a lot farther. Lead with the gratitude. If you, and this is not something you can do overnight. So because yeah. we've been trained to exactly what you said, to be defensive. This like, you're hurting my feelings. You're making me feel this way, which is not true. No one has ever made us feel anyway. They can provide stimuli, sometimes very painful stimuli, but it really always is our choice out of fight or flight on how to respond. 
I'm not talking about, you know, in that autonomic, you know, reptilian part of our brain, Mm -hmm. but we always have the choice. And what the skill I've developed in myself after many years of practice is to be grateful, just grateful that she's not holding it inside. She's not hiding it from me because if I, if she hides it from me, I don't know. And I can't, I don't know her and I really want to know her and I really want her to know me. And so having this communication pathway where we can be ourselves and tell the truth has, like I said, created the most dynamic relationship I've ever had. I think you're onto something powerful here, Robert, because intimacy is really fueled by uh, authentic connection, not, yes. not the superficial phony stuff that uh, you can see on social media. Right, exactly. Um, it, it's really knowing a person and having someone else know you in a way that they see all of your flaws and they still love you. Yeah. You asked for a pragmatic uh, framework for this very thing. And I have something I'd like to share with your, you and your listeners Wonderful. that's really worked for me. So again, I am, a, I am a pragmatic New York Jew. So I'd like to give the people you know, steps they can take. <laughs> there um, you go. Okay. So let's say um, me, Robert, has something um, withholding from Paul, my friend. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, just say you know, Paul and I have a deep relationship and there's something I've withheld from him. So the first thing I would do is say, Paul, um, I want to talk to you about something. Do you have some time where we can sit down and I can reveal something to you? Now, Paul is going to say, what is it? What is it about? You know, there's, right. going, to be a, there's going to be energy. Just know that. And it's really on me to say, you know, I can tell that this is agitating and I know it's a little mysterious. Everything's fine. But I just want to create space. Can we do this tonight? Can we do this tomorrow? You know, I really, this is important. And then hopefully Paul will say yes. If they say no, then it's really time to rethink that relationship. But obviously, they'll say yes. So then, yeah, make time. right? So Paul and I are in a conversation. So you want to make sure that you're in a, a zone where you can have this conversation. That means no cell phones. Send the kids to a sitter. Turn off the music. Turn off the television. Sit in appropriate fashion. Uh, you know, for you know partners that might need holding hands or touching knees or whatever it is appropriate for. And the first thing is, is that for me to say to Paul, I want to apologize for withholding this information from you. Wow, that's novel. Right. This is counterintuitive. I want to apologize. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. Uh, I want to apologize. And here's my motivations for withholding. I was afraid of your anger. I know this is a trigger for you. Um, I was afraid of you running out of the room. Like you can just lay out the motivations. So first by apologizing, you're being vulnerable. You're creating a connection. You're building a bridge. You're also giving the, uh, the other person, Paul in this case, the understanding of why they did it. And sometimes people, mm-hmm. this could be years of withholding. Like this could be a decade. And it, so, or it could be a week. It could be anything. But just by apologizing, you're going to create a stage of deeper connection. Yes. Then Paul say, okay, and then I will reveal the thing I've been withholding in as least amount of words as possible. Brevity. Just mm-hmm. say the thing. Um, you know, I had an emotional affair with my secretary six months ago. We were flirting. I know it's against our boundaries. And I just, 
I had this experience. I feel horrible about it. I stopped as soon as it felt off, but I've been withholding it from you and I can feel it's creating a chasm. So again, Mm -hmm. as little words as possible, then shut up. Don't talk anymore. Don't try to make it better. Don't try to placate them. Don't try to be, but I'll never do anything. Like, don't do any of that. Just reveal the truth and be silent. Then allow the other person, Paul, to say how they feel. Then validate their feelings. And you start to have a tennis match. Don't interrupt each other. Just have a conversation back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that conversation might take more than one sitting. You know, you might say, Paul, yeah, like, I need some time to think about this. I'm like, great. I appreciate that. We don't need to resolve this right now. I'm totally open to continuing this conversation. Or like, okay, I'm feeling really charged right now. Okay, let's take a walk together around the block, not talking. Like, stay in connection around it. And then, but talk it out and allow both people. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, this takes a lot of courage and a lot of agency to do. But if you want to bring something inside that you're hiding, that you're withholding, this I found is the most powerful framework to reconnect and have more intimacy with your intimate friends. And you said it very pragmatically and very, here's what you do, people. Yeah. And it's simple. Simple. Simple, simple but not easy. Same thing. <laughs> simple, not easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But courageous too. I like the word that you picked there, Robert, because it is, it does require some courage. If you don't feel some fear, yep. uh, you're probably not stretching far enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so allow that, feel the fear and then just do it anyway. Yes, exactly. Um, powerful. Wow. Robert, you've written this book, Unhidden, a yes. book for men and those confused by them. How can people connect to the, to your book? Uh, all my work can be found on my website, robertcandell.com. Uh, I have a podcast called Tough Love. I have the book. I do communication workshops, uh, many in 2019. I have online programs and my writing and blogs. So everything can be found, including my social media links at robertcandell.com. And that's spelled with a K-A-N-D-E-L-L. Uh, Robert, the way that you would expect it to be spelled. Yes, exactly. RobertCandell.com. And then the Tough Love podcast as well. So there's a lot of ways people can get more of this. Yes. And my podcast is very similar to these pragmatic, great conversations with great people. And also I do rants where I'll just speak for 20 minutes on a topic. So yeah, you can find Tough Love on Spotify, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Robert, for being here at Live On Purpose Radio today. My pleasure. Thank you. You've all heard it from the man himself, Robert Candell, and it's time now for all of us to go live on purpose. Mm-hmm.